Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, where each episode we bring you a brand new interview with one of the film industry's top directors, conducted by one of their peers. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Google Play Music, iTunes, Stitcher, or on our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash the director's cut. And if you're enjoying the director's cut, please take a moment to like, share, or comment. We love hearing your feedback. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director Stephen Gyllenhaal's new film, So Be It. The film tells the story of Heidi, a precocious 12-year-old whose mother has only 22 words in her entire vocabulary. But when a new word pops out of her mother's mouth, Heidi is propelled on a solo journey to discover who she is and where she and her childlike mother came from. In addition to So Be It, Mr. Gyllenhaal's 50 directorial credits include the feature films Certain Fury, A Dangerous Woman, Losing Isaiah, and Waterland, the Primetime Emmy Award-nominated movie for television A Killing in a Small Town, the Daytime Emmy Award-nominated CBS Afternoon Playhouse episode Help Wanted, and multiple episodes of the series Rectify, Blue Bloods, Numbers, and Lucky. Mr. Gyllenhaal was nominated for the DGA Movies for Television Miniseries Award for his 2011 film Girl Fight, and won the 1991 DGA Award for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in Dramatic Specials for his film Paris Trout. Following a recent screening of the film at the DGA Theatre in Los Angeles, Mr. Gyllenhaal spoke with director Michael Apted about filming So Be It. During their conversation, Mr. Gyllenhaal discusses working with his cinematographer Patrick Merguia to craft the film's look, his rehearsal process while working with the film's young star, and why he is drawn to documentary in this part of his career. Oh, you can't hear me, can you? Can you hear me? You could come nearer. He's done this so many times, you know, you'd think. What was it particularly, that? what elements of it in, uh, attracted you to it? I think the story of um, a little child having no clear sense of who she was, being essentially lied to for what you know, the Alfre Woodard character felt was a good thing, but really wasn't, and having the tenacity to start to try and get to the truth, that really moved me. I mean, it's, it's a very, very good cast you've got. Um, how did you find your leading lady? Well, it was interesting. Um, you know, it's always about um, the process of getting a movie made is always about trying to get enough money to do it. Um, and uh, the people who had put this together, Orion, I think, is in the crowd here. I'm Ryan Richmond. Um, uh, had raised a good piece of you know of, of money, but it really wasn't enough quite to do it. And also, I was concerned that you know you can make a movie with a small cast, you know, nobody, and you're never going to get it out there at all. Um, and so we started looking for um, the Alfre Woodard character, who would you know we would went out to different actresses, and it was slow going. You know how it is. You send it out to an agent, and it takes them three months to get it to the actor, who then pretends to read it, and then. It takes you know two months later, and you have you you get a no, or you get a wait a bit, or whatever. And so um, the strategy first had been find find the the, the money character, 
Um, that and was Alfre. And that was Alfre, yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing that happened in the rewrite was that we built that character up. That character wasn't as extensive. It was much more little girl, and I knew that was not going to get us the money. Um, so we worked on that character a lot. And then partway through it, we went, hmm, we're going to have to find this girl. Um, and uh, we started um, uh, thinking, well, how are we going to do this? And Richard Hicks, who was the casting director, terrific casting director, said, let's start looking for the little girl because it's going to take us a while. And he, by the end, he had sort of sifted through more or less 3,000 girls um, to find somebody in Burbank, <laughs> which is where Talitha was. Um, and, we, and I was doing Skype you know, auditions with various, all the young actresses um, that were doing movies around the world. And you know, we were checking out England and Australia and all of that, I and mean, all over the United States. Um, and we found her first, and we just kept on chugging away um, trying to find an actress, and then, and it's interesting. I mean, it, when I look back on it, Alfie was the perfect character to play it for many complicated, interesting reasons. I mean, the whole African American white issue really was that in the script? No, not in the script at all. And I, you know, I didn't ever, you know, don't cast that way anyway anymore. But um, it was dead on correct, and really made me have an increasing passion for the movie because of that. Well, had the had the girl done much work before? She no, she, she had um, done very little wow. um, at that point. Um, her family was an acting family, um, uh, but she hadn't, she'd hardly done anything. But um, almost right away when, when she came in, I went, this is, this is looking good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, how did you work with her? Um, quite a bit. Um, I, uh, um, uh, we went over the script. I went through the lines with her, um, and I worked hard with her. You know, for quite a few weeks before um, w we started shooting, and before we brought anyone else to rehearse. I mean, I I've learned that goes back to um, watching Sidney Lumet work, for instance, out of the theater, which is really where I first watched another director work. You know, to rehearse if you possibly could as much as you can, almost like it's theater. Um, and with her, I did that a lot. Um, and we would talk about motivation, and we would, but she had an instinct. She had something there to work with. Yeah, she was very natural, yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what did you have to work to contain her? I mean, did she want to be more exuberant? To be more emotional, I think, to get the emotion up more. I mean, I think it's difficult to, and then, and then cover it. I mean, it was the whole idea was get the feeling up, get the emotion up, get it up, now cover it, now, now protect it, now cover it. And I think one of the great things was when we brought in the other actors and we did some table readings. I did about a week of table readings, you know, breaking the script up and working with um, John Herb, which was the last role he yeah, did. John, I mean, away, didn't he did. He didn't. He was not doing well when we were when we were shooting, but he was all of the actors, Cloris Leachman and 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 John and and Alfrey, um, were just to watch her meet these actors who just are such pros, you know. And are into emotion and are into all of that. And John, who was just cantankerous and tough, and she just and she just looked at them and was just delighted. Um, and 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 Talitha, this this little girl, is just like just delighted by all of them. Was she overawed by these experienced, famous actors? Not one bit. <laughs> really? Yeah. She she seemed to just relish it all, relish it. Yeah. And also, I think, you know. Um, having spent so much of my life 
working with actors, thinking about actors, watching them, and that 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 thing that can happen when the actor across from you is natural, it just begins to bring the natural quality out, and that's what it did with Talitha. Yeah, I mean, so the others followed her yeah. her sensibility in a way. Yeah, all yeah, these yeah. incredibly experienced actors were following this young girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I mean, that's an amazing stroke of luck, isn't it? Well, it was. Yeah, it was. I could go on and on about the three thousand people that we no, cast. Yeah, no, I, I thought I thought she'd done other things, and so she was yeah. kind of out there. Now, since then, she's done other things. Yeah, and I see. We can kind of talk about. So the, the film was finished, and we took. You know, these films take a while to distribute. She then went right from, um, from so be it. She she we were sort of almost done, and she said, "I just got." And we were showing you know dailies to anyone who wanted to see it at that point. I said, "I'll help you however I can," you know, to get other mm -hmm. other work. Um, uh, and uh, she got, was it Annabelle, whatever that movie that came out, the horror movie, which I didn't see. Right. She said, I'm going to get to scream. I'm going to get to scream a whole lot, you know. So she's still, you know, a little girl. And so she did that movie after us, and it came out right before us. Right. So. So, I mean, how did she, did you, were you worried about pushing her too much, or did you make her work as hard as she needed to? I mean, I guess... My philosophy is, and it's kind of what, and in a funny way, I mean, my kids are actors, but something that my, my son-in-law said, Peter Sarsgaard, um, the best acting is when you're just who or what you are right at that moment, right. and you don't push it any more than that. So that in a way, we pushed it in rehearsal, but once we got on the set, it was just just be as much as you can just be. So I wasn't ever really worried. And I think after the first day or so, um, the first two days were with Cloris Leachman. And I was really worried about that because she was, you know, she didn't know her lines, you know, was just, just I was worried she wasn't going to show up. She looked like she was going to just fall apart. You know, she's so old, you know, I'm just kind of worried. Her leg was, she couldn't walk it with one, one of her, she had hurt her leg. Um, it was like, she's not going to be there, she's not going to show up. We had someone at her house, actually, <laughs> waiting to see if she would show up or not. And she got there on time, and she was totally professional, and she was great. Um, but she was, she was Cloris Leachman, and she's tough, tough, fun, has to take center stage. But when I watched Talitha just react to her, just, you know, that instinctive thing that a really interesting actor has, which is just... I'm responding to this other human being with who I am, and I'm not trying to fake it or do anything like that. I knew we were going to be fine. You know, it was adjustments along the way and plenty of takes, but it was, you know. Did, did you rehearse her much? Uh, Cloris? Yeah. No. No. I mean, it's, it's so difficult, the position you're in when you've got the, the girl who you need to rehearse, but you don't really want to rehearse the other people around, do you? Not, not too much. I mean, I did, um, to some degree, to help her and also I think it's useful if you can do a table read um, to be sure they're comfortable with all the lines and John heard you know bitched about every line and you know and, and then did them all and he had that whole long speech at the end you know she was ah it's too long but I love John I worked him in one other movie and really? I mean I just I think he's just you know a complicated career with his whole and what, and what about the, the main crew? Were, were they people you'd worked with before? No, Patrick's here, actually. Patrick, right? where is he? Where is he? The, the DP. You did a very good job, sir. <laughs> very good. Um, He's a cinematographer. Yeah, cinematographer. Wonderful. 
um, out of the tradition of, of Mexico and all the things that are coming out of south of the border where some of the best work is being done in the world. Um, it's been in China doing a huge movie. This we did for, you know, for, for next to nothing. Um, you know, next to nothing is still a couple million dollars, but, but uh, you can see all the people and the crew. But um, uh, total, total delight to work with. And the crew, one of the things about this was, um, <clears throat> and Orion was talking about it tonight, a little bit, you know, we, I, I insisted on shooting it in L.A. Um, <coughs> excuse me here. It's all right. Um, Tell me if you want me to hit you on the back. I will. Whenever, right, um, okay. Not yet, but not it, yet. it may come. Okay. Um, one of the things is I had I shoot a lot of television. And I had been in Atlanta where they wanted to shoot, and I'd shot in Vancouver. Um, and I knew that <clears throat> you, can't good, you can't get good crews for an independent movie in either of those places, in any, in any place where there's a tax rebate. Um, one of the things about the tax rebate, of course, is that the crews catch on, and they don't do it for minimum. They, they up the rates, you know. So um, there's still a value for a tax rebate, but for a little movie like this, you get the eighth crew. And in, and in, in Georgia, you would have had the, um, the 44th crew. Really? Um, and in same in Vancouver. I had shot in Vancouver a little before that, and there were 23 crews shooting in downtown Vancouver on the same night. And I'm going, there's no way you can get a crew. And I knew in L.A., because I had shot a show, in uh, a TV show, very low-budget show in L.A., where um, the deal with them, and we did the same deal, which was we're paying not a lot. If you get another job, go do the other job that pays well. And you could always get a great crew member to fill in. It was a totally professional crew. I mean, it was a great, it was a delight to work with that crew. So yeah. you just shot all around the place? We shot all around. We shot L.A. Well, we shot L.A. the way people have been shooting it for, you know, for all the years they've been shooting in Hollywood. You can, it can look like every part of, the, every part of the, uh, the country. Although we did do second unit shooting in Liberty, actually the real Liberty, and we drove across parts of the country in a little RV um, with, you know, with water, and, you know, ne next to nothing and a couple candy bars and shot. So um, when you'd finished the movie, what was the what was the position? What was the position there? Was it did it have a release date or, or or what? Was it put out there to kind of peek around a bit? I think um, one of the delightful things about making this movie and, and um, oftentimes working in independent film is. Um, and in this case, I was working with producers. It was their first movie. Um, so there was all the excitement, all of the energy, all of the passion that sort of gets somewhat knocked out of you after a while, you know. So it was just, we're going to make a movie. We're going to make this movie. And I wasn't sure if they are going to pull it off <coughs> for a while. I mean, you just don't know if the money's going to be there. But they were dogged about it. You know, and they were raising money on the phone with dentists and doctors and, you know, just this way you just go, oh, my God, this, this is, you know, and, 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 and Orion in particular, who's here, was really emerging as a creative producer, you know, and you watched it happen. But there was no real plan, you know. I mean, we were doing uh, little videos. I would do little videos, you know, with my iPhone trying to sell um, <laughs> You know that we're making the movie. I remember somewhere I was shooting on some TV show, and 
um, and I got in front of a camera. I got back behind the camera, and we were shooting like I'm shooting this thing. You know, with the, you know, it's all the TV set. You know, we were pretending we were doing all these things, and they were raising money all the way along the way. Um, and so what happened is, once we got Alfrey, we knew we were kicking into gear, and we let everyone, all the investors know right away. We got Alfrey, and then with Alfrey, we got John, and then Cloris, and and then Jacinda and Dash, and suddenly we had a cast that was, you know, that was that was you could get the money for it. And I think yeah, they're good. Those two, Jacinda and Dash, I've worked yeah. with them on TV. They're both excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, how soon was it after you finished the movie that you knew that you had a real patent to release it? Um, about. About a year, I guess about a year ago. I, mean, right. I guess a little less than a year ago that we knew. I mean, I didn't really know what the pattern was going to be, um, uh, really. And I never, I never trust. You know, you never trust anything anymore. You know what's going to happen. But um, you know, they they were, and and I've produced produced movies as well. I've produced enough movies in my life to know I never ever ever want to do it again. <laughs> I'll produce a documentary, which is, but these movies are brutal and. What it took for them to just stay on top of it and stay on top of it, I kind of st stayed out of that to some degree. Um, so you were much more experienced at producing than your producers. Yes and no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was maybe more experienced, but not as good. <laughs> it's a hard job that job. So what's next, you think? Well, um, my wife has written a wonderful script, wonderful script, which we've worked on for about a year, which. Um, is uh, is sort of in the works now and in the same process now. We've just literally gotten the script into a place and now it's just, you know, okay, now we start going out to cast. And it's complicated now. It's much more difficult, as you know, than it was five or 10 years ago. I mean, the, the terrain keeps changing under your feet so that you could always make an independent movie. And I've made a lot of them with, with female leads um, over the years. And, um, and one of the things about independent movies is that, you know, this is, they were much more available. The women were much more available. The, you know, the bankable stars were available. The Deborah Wingers, the Jessica Lange, some of the people that, you know. But now, television, they're all doing television. So it's very hard to get a cast in an independent movie anymore. You know, it's like, even my daughter is doing, you know, HBO. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, so, so you can't, so it's, it's very, very difficult. But this is also a female lead. Um, and so, you know, it'll just be, Take a year, maybe to cast it. We'll see where it, where it goes. I'm also, um, you know, I've been doing television like we all do now, but I'm getting into documentaries. Um, I produced a documentary. My wife, um, Kathleen, wrote and directed it called In Utero, um, which has actually had a fascinating life. Um, and we've sort of learned, you know, don't distribute through the Netflixes and the Amazons. Um, this is about the science from conception to birth and its effect on on all of us for the rest of our lives. And people haven't really thought all that much about that. So anyway, so i Has I'm, it done well? In it's done terms? very well, it's done very well. But we've been self-distributing it. We had it first on all the platforms and we took it off because it was, they make all the money. I mean, it's just a joke. And now we've been self-distributing and doing quite well with it. So I'm gonna do a follow-up to that documentary and I'm doing a, another documentary. That seemed like an interesting world now and it's still very much filmmaking you know and i love it you know it's just was cutting today shooting yesterday you know it's like do you have a few ideas for documentaries well just those two at just the moment yeah at the moment so i mean how do you see the industry i mean 
we, both our last films were pretty small films, or mine was a bit bigger than yours, but nonetheless it didn't get very much distribution. Right, and you wonder, right. why are we going on with this? Do you know what I mean? Well, f first of all, I think, and, and you know too, one of the interesting things is I think 15 years ago we would have said, oh, those movies we did 15, 20 years ago, they're, they're, you know, they're gone. You know, they were on nitrate and they've, <laughs> they've dissolved. All of our films are out there being seen still, almost all of them. Yeah. Um, and you just, they're available. So it's a different world, but they are being seen. I mean, I know so be it. It's like, um, is going to have a long, long, long life um, seen on television. I mean, everything I've made has been seen much more on, on television. And the television screens are big now, you know? Yeah. You know, hopefully not too much on computers and iPhones, but you know, I'm even going whatever, whatever. You know, it's it's the story, it's the characters. That did, you, me. did this film get into cinemas? Yeah, yeah, it's, it was in. It's been in 40 cities. Oh, so great. It's done, it's done. Not that it's been you know done massively well, but it's gotten out there, and I think strategically, that means it's been exposed to a large part of the country, which means it'll do very well, ultimately in schools and all of that. Right. You know, so. So. Um, so could, you could become a documentarian. You are a documentarian. I, I'm, I'm becoming that, and you know, you're asking where is it all go? Where is it all going? I think what's wonderful about art is that it just keeps changing, like science. Right. It's just changing, and you know, there's a point when you go, I can only go so far with it. Um, and I think for me now, it's it's looking like you know one more feature film, maybe a little bit of television. Although I don't want to run a show. I mean, that's to me yeah. just a nightmare. But doing some episodes is a blast. I did the show Rectify, which was just wonderful to do. Um, and documentaries. And then I think I was mentioning to you uh, about five or six years ago. I mean, I'm, I'll admit this on stage. <laughs> um, coming to Hollywood and making movies and television is pretty much um, an indication that you're crazy. And so I've been in some form of therapy or analysis paid for by being able to be in the Hollywood movie business from college onward. And about five or six years ago, I went, huh, kind of love this psychological stuff. So I went back to school in between all of this and having a three-year-old, which we have now, um, uh, and uh, got a degree as a, in, as a therapist. And so I'm kind of going, well, sort of play hey, with that Are you too. available? I'm available, oh. yeah. I actually am doing free workshops now. Oh. <laughs> so one thing that always interests me about our process and whatever, was this film, when you finished it, was it what you thought it was going to be? I'll answer the first part of that question. There's something about making something, anything, um, you know, I mean, that has fascinated me forever and given me just joy. You know, I love fixing up a house. I've loved, I liked when I was a little kid putting popsicle sticks together and creating something. There's something just about having something end up on the screen that you participated in. I, I've mm -hmm. never liked taking a director, d directed by credit, and mm. it's bothered me. Because it is so much. You mean a film by or a, a film by credit? Yeah, yeah. directed by. I'll take film by credit. Yeah, I'll okay. take the directed by credit. But I think there's something about just putting the pieces together 
that just excites me and, and, and always does. And when the film is done, I'm kind of done with it, right. you know. I think um, they never turn out the way you imagine them to be. They have their surprises that are better than what you'd hoped for. And there are, and you, and I find, I, you know, I'm not sure it necessarily makes for the very best filmmaking, but it makes for a wonderful process. I kind of adjust as we go along and compromise, and you shoot something in 24 days, which is what this yeah. is, you, you're compromising, you know. I mean, that's what's fun about doing documentaries, because you never know where you're going. That's right. It's all a mistake, in a way. And my favorite quote about the whole business is, um, if the film turns out like you thought it was, you weren't listening. Wow. That was Albert Maisel said that, but that's more about you know, the doing of documentaries. And you've done some of the best. Well, you, know, you have. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, anyway, this is a, a good job. And <laughs> is it on Netflix at the moment? Um, um, the, the documentary? No. The, this? Yeah. Not yet. No, no, no. It's in, still in theaters. Good. And you may want to go see it again. If you want to tell your friends, go see it again. <laughs> it's still out there in theaters. And so. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I would say one last thing. Yeah. Is it is, it's, the Guild is, it's such a, a joy and a pleasure and an honor to be up here. Well, I mean, to be able to be in this place is, is a delight. You should be in this place. Yeah, yeah. You're a major <laughs> player, my friend. And a very influential player. All right, well, thanks for this. Thank you. Thanks very much. Okay, thank, you. thank you all. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. Don't forget, you can check out past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll have a lot more for you in the coming months as awards season approaches, so stay tuned. Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on the great discussions we have coming up. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please like, share, and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally.